welcome to welcome the front to por- front- oh. <laughs> welcome to the front porch theology podcast i'm heather your host and i'm here with will basham hey how are you will basham i'm doing great how are you um i'm here yeah I'm tired well i know you're missing jeremy jerky berry I am. You know, he's come to be a really good friend of mine. So I really like the name Jerky for him. So it's a great nickname. My phone autocorrects a lot of things, um, and that's one of the less appro- inappropriate things. That less auto- inappropriate. Yes, things that it autocorrects. So yeah. one time when we were in our group chat or or thread, um, I was trying to say Jeremy and it accidentally autocorrect to Jerky, and then. I'm pretty sure he went and changed his he name. He changed his name to Jerky. Now, he owned it. Yeah, now to even recognize him, you yeah. have to call him Jerky. So, Jeremy um, Jerky Barry, we miss you. You're missed, friend. So, um, I He's listened, got the Rona today. Yeah, you know, it's going around. It. We had uh, some, some of our family had it last week. and a You probably gave ago, it to so him. Probably. Honestly. <laughs> probably. That's probably the reason well, he's got it. Last time we sat on this couch, he yeah. like, breathed on him. Well, um, it happens. So I listened to the last podcast, and I heard him say that um, I waste about 10 minutes getting started. So I'm going to jump right into the podcast. I just want to make it clear that I didn't say that. (laughs) I was actually... You weren't too quick to defend me. I was in disagreement with him when he said it. You couldn't see it, but I was shaking my head like this. I was like, no, she doesn't do that. Thanks. Um, So I I will... Y'all are just getting over Rona, though. Yeah, we are, yeah. You feeling, feeling good? Feeling energized and invincible and everything? No, I'm not sure if that has anything Antibodies to do with Rona. Antibodies flowing though. through your veins? So this is, the, I, that was my second time having Rona. You're just like a Rona expert at this point. Um, so I was really exhausted. I'm still exhausted, but I don't think it has anything to do with Rona. But Probably has to do with knowing you got to come here and hang out <laughs> with me. Deal you all, yeah. <laughs> not you all. all, unless you're talking about Baker. You do have to deal with Baker. I'm not mad at Baker today. Baker so never no. gets sick. Baker's always here. I, I that's a good thing. Old faithful. That's he what is. we call Baker. Old faithful. <laughs> okay, so back back maybe it's you who causes me to go off for 10 minutes on. <laughs> no. I'm I'm trying to talk about the topic. You keep mm. distracting okay, me. Okay, so we did have two questions. We're talking we're talking in. about questions. Yes. Um through our app um we had two questions come in. Um one was uh you're smiling (laughs) it's just the the listen i'll tell you right now okay tell me right now if your answer has anything to do or is any way similar to jeremy berry's when he was preaching about milo going to heaven or not going to heaven you and i will fight okay i will fight your face so milo is a dog his dog yes what does that have to do with um the question was do you think betty white is in heaven Uh, oh well I don't know. About Did you say that. it's been a while? <laughs> no, I said I don't know. Oh, you're stumbling over your words. Okay. So I'm hesitant to say she's not, but I'm also hesitant to say she is. Why is that? Um, I don't know anything about Betty White's uh, testimony if she's trusted Jesus. Is she a professing Christian? I don't know. She's dead now. Yeah, I don't know if she is. I mean, she lived 100 years. Um, Almost. So, I mean, if, if she loved Jesus. It, should be there somewhere, right? Okay. But yeah. I don't know. It's always hard with celebrities because, like, they have a public persona um, that 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 they want the public to see, 
and they keep their private lives private. And sometimes that does include religious beliefs. Um, I have seen like some celebrities who've passed. It's like, you don't really know much about their religious beliefs, but when they pass, you do kind of, you know, like YouTube videos surface or whatever. You do find out a little bit, but I don't know. I kind of feel like, would it really be heaven without Betty White? I Exactly. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I think when we go through the pearly gates, it's just going to, we're going to hear, thank you for being a friend. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I, I, uh, I sang that or like wrote that in a card yeah. the week that she passed away. <laughs> Baker's over here doing Baker's some looking research. Come on, Baker. From the truth fact of Wikipedia. Okay. We see here, it says, White attended the Unity Church part of the New Thought Movement. Yeah, sounds like she's not okay. in heaven. Sorry to break it to you, right, questioner. We don't, we don't know that. We don't. Maybe she. Was I mean, trying based to on the, based on the church she attended. Maybe she was trying to change people from the inside out. Ah, uh, that doesn't sound like the most she faithful. She lost her mind toward the end too, and she started going there because she forgot which church she went to. <laughs> Maybe. I, don't I mean, know. anything's possible. It, in all seriousness, though, it is dangerous for us to assign uh, someone's eternal destiny to them. Um, I agree. Without without some kind of confident testimony. So like I preach a lot of funerals. At funerals, I'm I'm confident enough to say someone's in heaven if I know their testimony. Yeah. Absolutely. If I know they've they've confessed that that they trust in Jesus for their yeah. salvation. If if I don't have a clear testimony of that, I just I I don't want to condemn anyone because I don't know their heart. Right. I think when yeah. Jesus says don't judge, this is what he's referring to. He's not talking about actions. I think he's talking about hearts. We don't judge people's hearts and so you know, I, I I would express some doubt, given the church that Baker pulled up over here, the Unity Church of New Thought, or whatever it's t- called. We're going to take his microphone. I don't like that he's told me that information now. Sorry, so. I'm now doing fact-checking for you all. <laughs> I love it. Now we're sad, because uh, yeah. you told us Betty went well, to the Unity Church of New Thought. Jeez, okay. Well, um, we did have one other question. It was It's a more uh, serious question, which, you know, I don't think that the... You know, the Betty White and That was serious. Somebody serious was really question. want to know. I know that, but, you know, you know. We just, we, we're we really sorry. We just don't know. That's up to We the don't Lord. know. And that's, um, we are not even comfortable trying to guess if she is or isn't especially, the same. Especially given the church she went to. <laughs> especially, stop. That was Wikipedia, by the way. Which well. could be wrong. It's not the most verifiable source. So, are you also comfortable saying that, you disagree with what Jeremy said about Milo? What did he say about Milo? I don't I know mean, what you're referring to. He said Milo's going to hell. He didn't say Milo's going to hell. He, he said Milo's. Well. He said Milo's not going to heaven. I mean, he might as well. Milo is a dog. Okay, so, what of it? So the question is: Do do our pets have souls? Nobody asked that question. That's that's inherent. That's that's like inherently what it the didn't question have anything is. to do with his sermon it's either. Implied. He's talking about hope and holiness. Yeah, I don't know what why he brought it up. I don't remember the point of it. But the the issue is is do do animals or do domesticated animals have souls? Yes. So if if our pets have souls, do non pets have souls? Do no. stray dogs have souls? Yes. Okay, so all dogs have souls. And all what dogs about go cats? to heaven. What about hamsters? Cats are evil. My son hamsters has a hamster. are like rats. They should die. What about rats? Some people have pet rats. Rats should die. Some people have pet snakes. snakes do snakes go die. to heaven? Do they have souls? No, they're evil. What about they're coyotes? From the serpent in the garden. What about bugs? Coyotes are evil. Bugs, evil. You see the slippery slope here. Dogs are only good. And here's all I'm going to say. If your pet has a soul, 
and you think that means your pet can go to heaven, then theoretically that means your pet could also go to hell. So you've got to figure out a way to get your dog to profess faith in Christ. Oh, she does. Or did. (laughs) She's no longer with us. Rest in peace, Molly Joe Cook. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Um, She's with Betty White. I hope so. (laughs) Eating pizza rolls. What they, what's what she loved? Okay, our more serious question. You all, come I didn't think my blood pressure could get up today. It's Baker's Jeremy's fault. not here. Baker's on Wikipedia. Jeremy gets my blood pressure up, and I thought it'd be a good day, but here we are. Um, okay, so the other question that was submitted into the app yesterday was: Do people um, go to hell if they commit suicide, whether they're a Christian or not? No, I don't think that's the case. So I, I don't think that an act, whether it be suicide or any any act. Um, it's just like an automatic pass to hell. Um, so suicide's got that stigma of, of, well, if you take your own life, it's murder, it's murder. And then you go straight to hell. But like, and I guess, I guess the idea is because you don't have time to ask for forgiveness, but that's a, that's like a very Catholic way of looking at things. Um, our understanding as, as reformed Christians of, of salvation is that when we repent, we are forgiven. But that was actually accomplished before we were even born. And so Jesus Jesus paid for our sins on the cross. With all At that time, all of our sin was in the future. Um, and so sins that I have not yet committed as of right now, like sins I will commit tomorrow, have already been forgiven by Jesus. Um, and so obviously suicide is, is, a, is a sin. It's, it's, it's taking your own life, which God owns, into your own hands and your destiny. But it doesn't catch God by surprise, but it's it's something that um, that is sinful. Um, but it, but I don't think there's anything that's just like automatically kind of like a go to jail, go directly to jail, go to hell, do not pass go, do not collect $200 type thing. And so um, so that's, that's kind of my view on that. But, uh, you know, I all, always say that like carefully because – if people are contemplating suicide, um, that is not God's plan for your way out of whatever you're dealing with. It's it's not in God's plan for you to to ever even really consider taking your own life. Um, so that's um, that's my take on that. I think it is something that needs to be taken seriously, and we need to, as the church, be be available for people who are struggling and wrestling with those things, uh, but also not kind of being judgmental for for those who have taken their own lives Um, yeah um we um there was a gentleman that we knew um who had uh some mental health issues and was a veteran and um suffered from ptsd and he had a young son when he took his off and one of the probably most beautiful conversations was um the conversation our pastor had with his son and wife Mm -hmm. after that um because they were a family of believers and um i that if 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 nothing else would have made me respect my pastor it would have been uh just that simple conversation for him to have with them because that's such an important thing for people to know good answer yeah i mean if if our if our salvation is based on what jesus did right uh, which it is um than a, a mistake made by someone in a dark time, even something so severe as suicide. It's not going to negate what Jesus did on the cross. Yeah, that's good. All right. Good answer. Okay, so uh, we're going to jump right into our topic today. Um, I wanted to touch back a little bit and talk about holiness. Um, we, you know, the last time you and I sat down together was 
um, the middle of December, and we recorded our end of the year podcast. That was a long time ago now. <laughs> it was. It was like the middle of December, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and we had to pretend it was New Year's Eve. You remember that? Yeah, that I was fun. Wasn't we it? had those like noisemaker yeah, things. Yeah, yours was so sad. Um, <laughs> so sad. It was. <laughs> um, I've never seen such a sad thing in my life. Kind of reminds me of your truck out there. My, oh my, the, my gosh. Highlander, my Highlander. Here we go. Jeremy's, Jeremy's not even here. I know. I no. I, I did listen to the podcast last week, and um, so the only question that I have for you to follow. See, I hear I am the problem. I get off topic. So you were preaching yesterday. I was. Yeah. You did. Yes, indeed. And you were talking about your truck. That is, um, how long is the bed of the truck? Four point five feet. So, you know, sometimes I don't have a filter. We know that, right? It's six seven with the tailgate down. Sometimes I don't have a filter, and out sometimes loud, you never have a out filter. loud. I said, "Well, his." You were talking about fishing, you, like you literally just started. Talk- I said, "Well, his fishing pole even fit in the back of his truck," <laughs> and like ten people around me started laughing. And then a man leaned up. He's like, "I don't think so." Most he said he probably has to take it and ha- take it in two different pieces. And I was yeah. like, well, "What's the point of that?" Um, you let the end of the rod hang out the back so everybody can see you're on your way to go fishing. Yeah, just strap it in, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't even need to strap it in. Your fishing pole ain't going nowhere. Oh, it's not? The wind can't catch a fishing pole. Oh, okay. It's too, too little, too thin. Oh, okay. You got to worry about big stuff that the wind's going to catch it. Okay. You and I shouldn't be allowed to sit and do this. I know. Because so, we're talking about nothing. Holiness. Um, so our uh, so when we sat down, um, I actually asked you the last podcast we recorded in December, what are sermon series coming up, what you guys would be preaching on through the uh, year of 2022. And I had no idea that first and second Peter was going to be the first thing that we uh, went through mm-hmm. right off the bat. And... I'll just say for me personally, like, I know you didn't say, hey, we're going to go through First and Second Peter for Heather, because she's, her word is hope again this year. She's uh, chosen this decade, <laughs> you, you know, this decade word for her life in her 30s. So we're going to talk about some, ho- some hope and holiness. I know yeah. you guys didn't do that. I'm going to pretend like you did, though, okay? I mean, yeah, we actually did. Um, so. I'm going to pretend like you did, because yeah. um, the sermons have been spot on, like, um, yesterday, I... It was such a beautiful sermon and service. Um, it, it's just all been good. So I'm I'm 100% here for it and loving it and pretending like you're doing it for me. So thanks, friend. Um, I wanted to touch back, though. Um, two weeks ago, you preached on First um, Peter, the beginning of chapter 2, I believe. Um, yeah. And, um, I wanted to touch back though, um, to the sermon that Jeremy kicked us off with. Um, and there's, uh, two verses of scripture, first Peter, uh, chapter one, one verses 15, 16. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. So I want to talk to, I want to talk a little bit about like what it means to be holy, why people struggle with the thoughts of holiness and uh, like, feeling like that's something that they can do mm-hmm. um so um, so tell me in your own words like what does being holy mean to you yeah i mean the the most basic definition of holiness is to be set apart set apart and sacred yes right? um and so if you're set apart you're set apart for a purpose um you're set apart for a reason and so the idea of holiness is that you are set apart uh, namely for a for a religious purpose um, so religion's a good thing, by the way. Uh, there's been like this trend in recent years of like 
it's about a relationship, not religion, and everybody hates religion. Yeah, I jumped on that bandwagon. Uh, listen, I don't hate it completely. I get, I get the sentiment. We're not saved by religion. Okay, I understand that. But religion is a word that that deals with um, the outworking of faith, the works, basically, the works that come as a result of faith, and that's really what Peter gets at. Um, First Peter really focuses on holiness in the sense of okay, if you have put your faith in Jesus. Um, so what makes you different now? How do you live differently than the rest of the world? What makes you look different, sound different, be different? And that mean, that that all that has everything to do with us actually being set apart um, so that people can see there's something different about them and that they, the world will actually be drawn to faith in Christ. So do you think that holiness is something that's possible like to obtain or is that something like we have to constantly be working at just like... Yeah, I think it well it's constant work. Um but I but I think it is attainable. So I think um and there's varying degrees of it, right? Like none of us are going to be holy like God is holy. Right. But yet in his word he commands us to be holy like he is holy. Right. And so it really describes this this kind of striving for perfection that we know we'll never reach, but yet we strive for it anyways. Um so we try as hard as we can to abstain from sin all while realizing we will sin. We will mess up. We'll do things wrong, um, but our desire is to keep sin out of our life as much as possible, um, and so that's that's what the journey of holiness is about: is us trying to look more and more like God, to live more and more in a way that He would have us live, and um, and do so in a way that, that sets us apart from the rest of the world, that the world would take notice that there's something different about us. And all this is moral, by the way. So so we're speaking morally. Um, so I'm not saying the way we look necessarily um this isn't about like wearing a suit and wearing denim skirts and sketch your tennis shoes and that's not what holiness is i I think there there were some movements in christianity that that became what holiness was we have to look different than the world well a lot of people in the world wear suits so like like the fundamentalist kind of camp like became that like we're going to dress a certain way and that's going to make us holy well there's there's really sinful people that dress the same way they do and so it's it's not about necessarily what you look like. I think I think the emphasis of holiness is is on works. It's on religion. It's on action. And so that's that's really what I like about First Peter is he tells us very clearly. Here's what you need to do in terms of government. Here's what you need to do in terms of your workplace. Here's what you need to do in your marriage. Here's what you need to do. And he goes through basically all of life. Here's how you need to act in these realms. Now I um, so I'll be very honest. Um, when I think of the word holiness, it kind of um, it kind of makes me cringe a little bit. Um, not because of what the word holiness means, but I think you know, growing up in the church that I did and the the you know culture that I did, um, holiness was something that um, one is an attribute of God. Mm-hmm. Um, he's perfect, you know does no wrong so the word holiness in and of itself is like a like i don't know like a red flag or a trigger to make you think um that it may be something that's unattainable unattainable because it's an attribute of god but um i think about uh different passages in the old testament like first samuel um chapter 2 verse 2 there's none holy like the lord mm-hmm. um and i'll be honest um and maybe this is just me and i could be misremembering Oftentimes when I heard the word holiness, 
um, in a sermon growing up, mm-hmm. it was about holiness in the Old Testament, like how God yeah. is like the, you know, sacred, like, you know, just mm-hmm. like an intimidating type of thing. Uh, yeah. Un- like unattainable and, you know, all these things. So I think for me, um, like that's something that I struggle with. Um, and I find it hard sometimes to believe that there is a possibility of holiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you say that that's something that a lot of people struggle with? Yeah. Or I, just me? Any good? No, to, no. I good think, thing I'm back in counseling. I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. I think a lot of people think they can't be holy. Yeah. Um, either because of their past or because of ongoing struggles. Um, and and what I what I think I want people in our church and and really anyone who's listened to this to understand is the struggle is what makes you holy. Yeah, um, that's good. So the the struggle to be holy is a, is an attribute of holiness. The fact that this is the fact that you care about it, right? Yeah, shows yeah. shows that you are holy. So so the the word. Um, the word hagios in Greek is is where we get the word holy from, or it, it, it's also translated sometimes as saint. Um, so the Bible describes God's people, the church, as hagios, as holy and as saints. Now, like the Catholic Church reserves the title saint for people who have really lived exemplary lives, right? Yeah. It's like a you've climbed the yeah, pyramid got, of the Catholic they've got Church. Necklaces right. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> it, but like the Bible describes every Christian as that. Everyone who's repented of sin gets that title of saint. And so um that's humbling to me when I see how messed up my own life is. But then when I realize that God's already given me that title, then I begin that struggle, right? I'm yeah. wrestling I've got to fix this issue, this sin that I'm dealing with. I've got to get this cleaned up yeah, in my no, life. I've got to do better as a husband. I've got to do better as a dad. I've got to be a better pastor. And then I begin that struggle, and that struggle is me living a holy life. It doesn't mean I'm perfect, right. but it means that God's Spirit is in me, um, kind of spurring me on toward that uh, toward that struggle of of morality and righteousness. And so if you're struggling with holiness, that's a sign that you're actually a holy person. No, that's, that is so good because, um, you know, I think about, you know, I, I, cause unholy people don't care. No, they don't. They, <laughs> they why don't would they care? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, you know, something that I've, uh, that I've talked with my counselor about, and I think Jeremy and I even talked about it the last episode he and I did. Um, we just being able to believe that our father is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and other things like, Oh my gosh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, no, like I think being able to like hear that, um, like when I have questions and doubt, that's where I was mm-hmm. going with that. Um, and I feel like I'm less of a Christian or less of a believer. Yeah. Like if anything, the fact that I'm worried about that or that I'm still like struggling with that and working toward something or yeah. working toward an answer should be reassurance that, Hey, you're good. It's mm-hmm. not a, it's not a big deal. Um, right. you know, and that is such a reassure, reassuring thing to me as someone who does have doubts a right. lot, uh, who continues to struggle with trust, with surrender, with um, with thinking that, you know, you can't have holiness in your life. And, and I will say, like, it hasn't been until, and I've said this before, it hasn't been until uh, we started coming to New Heights where you really just focus on not just the New Testament, but looking at the whole Bible as a story where you see Jesus weaved in and out of every mm-hmm. story, everything that's told. Um, and if you would, if I would have been taught that growing up, I may not, 
I, you know, I can't say that for certain. I have a lot of trauma mm-hmm. from my past and stuff that I know leads into some of the things that I struggle with. But, um, like, if I would have heard somebody, one, preach through a book of the Bible <laughs> instead of taking yeah. John 3.16 and, and wrapping a whole 65-minute right. sermon around yeah. it, um, if I would have heard someone preach through the book of First uh, Peter or Second Peter mm-hmm. to be able to go through it lot, verse by verse the way that we do with expository preaching, um, like maybe I would have been able to understand that and wrap my my mind around that. Mm-hmm. But um, and that's one of the things that I absolutely just love um, about the the way that that our church, our pastors go through the different books of the Bible and how that we continue, you, you know, you continually, because it's what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. weave Jesus in and out of that Old Testament just as much as he is in the New Testament. Yeah. Uh, and it's a beautiful thing. Well, so. and anytime we look at the Bible, too, we're going to be faced with our own shortcomings right. and, and failures. And so, and, and Peter's a great book for this because every time Peter exhorts his readers to holiness, which is kind of the theme of his book, be holy in this area, be holy in that area, so forth and so on. He always comes back to Jesus. Um, and even like this this past sermon, we looked at, you know, holiness and rep- good reputation and yeah. culture, society, workplace. Yeah. And then he, and then he closes it all out by saying like, Hey, Jesus is taking care of all your sin. It's like, he's reminding his readers. I know right now, as you read this, you're thinking I've already blown it. I'm going to continue to blow it. I'm not good enough. And yeah. then he's saying, let me remind you that that it's not about being perfect. It's about yeah. struggling toward um, what Jesus has called you to. Yeah. And Jesus has already taken care of all your sin. Let that be known to the people around you. Well, you know, I, one, I was like, when I heard the story of you uh, that you gave as uh, just like to paint the picture of you guys taking your beach trip whenever you all were young um, yeah. and the, you know, Bella and Micah were young. Um, one, I thought, what an idiot he was to think he could just roll up and get a hotel, and then he got <laughs> yeah. a trashy one with yeah. the who knows what. But um, <laughs> I love that illustration, you know, just the, yeah. the picture of that, you know. Um, we're going to struggle along, and I'm sure you guys were, like, ready to throw. I mean, I travel with Benjamin Cook, and he makes up for, like, five kids talking. <laughs> like, he talks from the time his yeah. little eyes open until they close, and then sometimes yeah. in between. Yeah. And so I can only imagine having, like little one little ones traveling and um like i could just see like everybody like ready to burn catch the car on fire and just like put it over the Mm -hmm. cliff and you need a place (laughs) to stay and um you know you're like all right this is it we're either gonna have to turn back but you know i think we're as just as humans like we're gonna have those struggles Mm -hmm. um we're gonna have periods of of um of questioning and and um you said it earlier um and I, I wish I would have wrote it down, but, you know, I don't have a Peter journal to write anything down in. Yeah, so I haven't been able that. to follow along with my notes really well from yeah, there's I like... tried to copy Bailey's notes yesterday, but he, he it was like we were having a test and he like put his <laughs> arm up because it was awkward. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but no, uh, I, I love that we're going through the sermon um, series and I think it's going to help a lot. I, I hope and pray that it's helping a lot of people who may um, be struggling with it and who've never been introduced to the gospel yeah. and, and these, um, these concepts in such a way as a believer. Um, yeah. cause I think holiness could be something that pastors dodge around. Yeah. Um, one, because they just don't fully understand it themselves, mm-hmm. which is fine, you know? Right. Um, but you know, something that you guys have always said and always done is you don't shy away from things that are harder that you don't understand. Like you kind of hit it head on. um, I think the the defining mark of holiness is continuation. Yeah, that's good. So not giving up, turning around, um, 
so so Christians continue in the things that the Bible tells them to continue in: gathering for worship, um, devoting themselves to God, um, prayer, supplication, things like that, witnessing, um, devotion, and and all of those. And it, I think I think really the main indicator of a lack of holiness is if you stop doing those things. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, you know. If you've given up on. I those don't know things. whose idea it was, but um, your sermon. Not yesterday, but last week, um, the with your six points, and you know, you uh, we put it out on the socials, and you even said it in your sermon to, um, you know, take a day Monday through Saturday, and pray through the different points. Um, mm-hmm. And the very first point was trust grace, and um, I went back today and listened to the sermon because um, we were home, and you know, when you're home with your kids trying to do church, like yeah. you're trying to not burn the waffles and everybody's using the bathroom and annoying you and everything. So, um, I had to go back today and re-listen, but, um, you know, you said trusting grace is something you have to do daily. Mm-hmm. Like you have to remind yourself of that. And just like the rest of these things too, you know, daily, you have to choose not to turn back. You have to daily choose to right. fear the Lord. You have to daily choose to love one another to, you have to daily choose to put sin away. You have to daily pursue sanctification. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's a beautiful thing. Like, um, you know, I, we hear so often, you know, keep, keep on keeping on. Like, I know that's something I heard a lot growing <laughs> up. Just keep on keeping on. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's, a great little saying, yeah. If you're ninety five, <laughs> and you know you're, you know, yeah. you've only got so far to go in life because mm-hmm. you've ran your race and right. you're just waiting. Um, but when you're in the thick of it and you're knee deep in life and mm-hmm. you're struggling through things, like you need more than a little cheesy cliche right. saying. Um, and and the beautiful thing is is right in the gospel. I mean, it, it just to. <laughs> to daily choose these things uh, on the days when you can't, you know, just remembering that the next day is an, another day full of new mercies mm-hmm. and God's love and grace and stuff. Um, so I have two more questions and we'll wrap this up. Um, how does the Holy Spirit tie into our holiness and the holiness of God? Well, the Holy Spirit um, is God. I, I think that's the first thing we need to re- just always remind ourselves as Christians. We Sometimes I think uh, a lot of Christians kind of, think the Holy Spirit is a tool used by God rather than remembering the Holy Spirit is God. He's a person of the Trinity. It's a, it's, it's he, it's not it. Um, so he is a person of the Trinity dwelling in believers. Um, so you have God and his infinite holiness living in you as a, as a believer. So that's the first thing. And then, and then secondly, the Holy Spirit he is, he is always um, imparting us, urging us, nudging us toward, um, toward holiness. And so that's the, the part of us that, that, I mean, sometimes it almost feels unexplainable, the, the, the urges or the desire to do good that I know is not of my flesh. Um, that, is, that is God in me um, bringing about these desires. And so the desire to be holy, first and foremost, um, is not something that's original to me. That's God's spirit in me so the last question i had for you um i was kind of reading through different passages of scripture just to kind of get the context of the word holy and um holiness and in different places in new and old testament where it talks about um god's holiness and how we should um strive to pursue holiness in our walk with Christ. so i was thinking about romans uh chapter six um and just looking at that uh, chapter as a whole, how should the knowledge that we are in Christ encourage us to pursue holiness? 
Um, I well, I mean, I think what's beautiful about like the the scripture you mentioned, Romans six, is that in that passage in that chapter, um, Paul's writing, and he he compares our former state before Christ, BC, as being a slave to sin, which means, by the way, we don't have a choice. We we sin. Um, we are in bondage to that sin. Um, but then he uses the same language to describe holiness. He says that we become slaves to righteousness. Um, and so I think that's helpful for a Christian to, to kind of, like, I, I think it's helpful for me to remind myself that I have, I have changed my master from sin to Christ. My master is Christ, and I am enslaved to Christ. Uh, that, was, that was Paul's preferred title for himself, that he was a slave to righteousness and a slave to Christ. And so uh, my holiness is rested in like gospel chains. Like I'm chained to this good church, this good message, um, and I can't get away from it. And it's, and it's not that I want to. I, I'm, I'm so thrilled to be uh, yoked to it and chained to it. And so I remind myself of that um, because the Spirit is holding me in this good place rather than this terrifying place of sin that I came from. And so I'm now a slave to righteousness, which has everything to do with holiness because my master is now uh, giving me marching orders toward grace and good things rather than harmful things. So That's good. That's that's the the journey of holiness we're we're put on. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm looking forward to working through the rest of First uh, Peter and then on to Second Peter. Um, I wanted to leave our listeners with um, a, one of my uh, favorite verses from yesterday's sermon, um, which was First Peter chapter two, um, thirteen to. Um, 25 I believe so um, my favorite verses yesterday were the ones that stuck out to me stuck out stuck out to me uh, were verses 19 and 20 for this is a gracious thing when mindful of God one endures sorrow while suffering unjustly for what credit is it if when you do if when you woo for what credit is it when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, that is a gracious thing that in the sight of God. So, um, friends, uh, we've we've talked a lot about hope. Um, we talked a lot about hope, um, some of our episodes in December, and uh, we're looking forward to just uh, getting more into First uh, Peter. And I, w- I wanted to let you know I came up with a word for the year. Oh, for did you? Twenty twenty two. Yeah. It's what hope. Oh. Yeah. That's a good word. Is it the same as yours? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, um, thank you for sharing that with me. I really appreciate it. I've thought a lot about it. That's good, yeah. Thanks for listening.